What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Once again, for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, and brought to you by Manscaped.com, the kings of grooming of the male pubic area. Uh, <laughs> that could have went a bit better, but hey ho. My name's Clive, and I am joined again as normal by Ricky. Good evening, Ricky. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right, but I've got a wee bone to pick with you in a short space of time. Uh, Aye, and back for a third week in a row for part of our series that we're doing. Baz D, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you very much for having us for the third week running. Really looking forward to the the pay-per-view today. Branded out shortly. Due to some scheduling um, snafus, we were going to be doing a sort of three-week, a a pay-per-view per week, three-week series with these, but... Um, we're not able to do that next week, so what we're going to do is give you a nice bumper episode where Barry will give his his pay-per-view, uh, and then I will do mine afterwards, so it's going to be a nice mini-longish episode, depends how long we talk about it, and we've got something good planned for you next week, but more details will follow about that later on. But first of all, Ricky, mm-hmm. it came to my attention last Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon perhaps, that... There was a, a certain Twitter Twitter conversation that you had with a, a certain wife of mine. Yes. During during is recording, might I add? So do you want to <laughs> yes. enlighten enlighten the listeners what was going on there, please? I can't remember. I think I think what Mrs. Clive put out, and I, and I'm not going back to read it. Was something along the lines like, "I'm doing something tonight." So let's say she was saying, "I was reading a book." What are you doing, or something? Something along those lines. To which I replied, I, it was either podcasting with my husband, my podcast husband, or pod, I think it was podcasting with your husband. To which I think she replied something along the line saying, "Yeah, you're lucky I, I let you have him." To which I then replied saying, "I may return him to you," and then something along the line, Mrs. Clive replied saying something about, like. I can't remember something about a jacket. I'd need to go back into it and read the tweets, but anyway, it was kind of funny. Oh, that sounds you know, hilarious. I, I, I didn't want you, and by sounds of it, I'm not sure your wife wanted you for those couple of hours on a Wednesday either. Um, excuse, excuse me. <laughs> now, I have no issue with you talking to my wife, but I demand your full attention when we are recording this podcast. You have my full attention. Liar. They try and find this exchange. It's quite a while ago, actually. It was a good few weeks back. Three weeks ago, <laughs> uh, two weeks ago to be precise. Was it two? Right. Let me see if I can find it. Just you turn your Twitter off, please. So, well, anyway. Aye, anyway. <laughs> right, Barry. So, 
Just a quick rundown of what Mr. Ricky gave us last week before we get okay. I'll let Barry sort of collect his thoughts and his have a drink of his summer fruits and all that <laughs> last week and obviously Google's doc has take, Google Docs has taken a long time to load up Ricky's last week is not Ricky do you remember it off Would the top, you, top of your I've head got it okay Ricky I mean Barry you tell us what Ricky's was last week then uh, so Ricky's self-proclaimed pay-per-view entitled Ricky's Perfect 8 um, I'll just give you a rundown of the card that started off from Hell in a Cell 2008 the new day uh, that was followed by Angle and Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie at WrestleMania 34 for his speciality match. Uh, and then they hurt us with a big shocker. A surprising one, the US title. Eddie Gus Benoit from Vengeance 2003. Uh, one that had to jog my memory, but once I remembered about it, it was a classic. Uh, halfway there, number four, The Undertaker, Mankind from... It was a boiler room brawl, SummerSlam 96, I think. Yep. Uh, yep. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Last Women's, was it, standing match, yeah? Was that yeah, one? It was indeed. Evolution, yep. Uh, and then we had the Universal title between Shawn Michaels and Y3G Leave of 2008, potentially. Uh, it was a ladder match. And the IC title match between Bret Hart and Mr. from SummerSlam 91. And finally, the main event was the WWE title between John Cena and CM Punk from Money in the Bank 2011. I taste the card, to be fair. I have to give him his due there. It was indeed. Um, sorry, Clive. Mrs. Clive actually wanted to keep you. She was. She said you better go buy that jacket now while you're distracted before I return you. Yep. She likes you. I'm glad she does like me. That's good to know. <laughs> Just as long as a street jacket shows differently. <laughs> right, Barry, the floor is yours. Do you have a name for your okay. pay per view? Um, I do actually, yes. I just um, so many daft names uh, were coming about, but I just went for the very simple one. Following the Pope's eight, <laughs> the Pope's eight. <laughs> <laughs> following on from backlash, where we had a terribly named uh, main event, but I thought I'd just name my pay per view that. So it's the greatest pay per view ever. How exciting! How boring at the same time. <laughs> This will not be topped. That would probably be better to go last, actually, Clive. But anyway, oh, um, listen, listen to you so, too, man. You're a pair of liars. <laughs> but see, before Barry continues, like our American listeners probably won't understand that the Pope's eight joke at all. They're probably thinking I'm being quite, you know, attacking a certain religious faith. But we're not. We're not. It's a Scottish thing. Scottish yeah. and Irish thing. Uh-huh. Um. I think actually I was meant to go back and actually think of a name for the event but I just got caught after I had to scrap the event twice or something so um, so I've got a match order as well actually um, so I've already organised that out for us so firstly I kicked off with which was the most difficult one to pick from actually we touched on it last week uh, the United States Championship it was actually um, even although as we know, it was banded about in the 70s in NWA, and then it was the 90s with WCW. Uh, finally found its home for the past 20 odd years in WWE. Uh, and this one, um, I must be honest, I couldn't go back, I didn't have time to go through the thousands of US titles matches there's obviously been over the years, but one that stood out to fit these guys on the card actually is where it sort of came from. 
um, from SummerSlam of 2000, in fact, I've not even got this, I think it's 2015 or 16. It was John Zena versus Seth Rollins for the US title. Uh, it was a, I believe, was it title for title or was it two-fold title? Uh, nothing actually was, was it a US title match, was it? Was that, was that the SummerSlam that he faced Cena, then faced Sting, was it? No, that was one? the following event. Actually, that's, right. that's what I was getting confused. That's right. So Sting, when he actually retired Sting, uh, was the following event. Apart from the ending, which was absolutely terrible. Um, oh, God, I, I know what fucking, I know what one you're talking about now. Uh, John, what was his name? Bradshaw. <laughs> Can't remember, but that guy was in it anyway. John um, Stewart. All of that, it was the, the best match I'd seen, actually, um, throughout the feud. I know they'd had a few WWE title matches, I believe, as well some stage um, but that was probably the most difficult choice because there wasn't really many standout US title matches it's quite poor to say that actually considering it's been about for 20 odd years and I couldn't actually think of at least a top 5 that I could have mustered together so mm-hmm. um, but no it was uh, I think that's a, a steady opener there uh, John Zena and Seth Rollins a good way to get both of them onto the card as well I, you're right in saying that the it's hard to pick something that stands out for the US title <coughs> matches, especially on pay-per-view, because obviously a lot of the sort of more exciting ones were in John Cena's Open Challenge stuff. <coughs> um, it, and there was actually, funnily enough, when we were talking about this last week, the WWE Network put on a best United States title matches. I thought somebody must I have been listening. Someone must have been listening to the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember you said that I wasn't that impressed with the list they'd come up with themselves actually I watched it just to hopefully get an idea from there but I just settled on that one myself um, but their list and I've not saw the list probably didn't include any Benoit matches and probably knowing them probably didn't include any kind of Jericho matches either <laughs> no I don't think it did actually I think AJ Styles is in one um, maybe in a couple for WCW I can't really remember to be honest but so yeah, that was the opening match anyway. Just move on then. Or? I know. No, was... that's a good match. That was in the midst of Seth. Probably, I don't want to say peak Seth or anything like that, but it was like Seth is that sort of two yearish run or whatever it was. Maybe not as long as two years, but might have been actually. Um, where is an absolute bastard? Of- <clears throat> um, yeah, no, that, that was that was a good match. We had a, we had a few good matches actually. Mm-hmm. Aye, that's it. But um, I would have picked. I would have probably picked another one for Gina's US title run. But as we mentioned, a lot of them figured in Raws actually. So that will be an interesting one if I ever do that uh, title matches on TV. Because I think we've got a lot of good ones to choose from. Oh, uh-huh. That would be a, a hipster's card for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that match, and they two did have really good chemistry. Yep. They had quite an interesting tables match actually at TLC 2014. It's just the ending uh, infuriated me. No end. Yeah. You just reminded me of it as well, so thanks for that, Barry. I'm in a bad mood. What's his damn name again? John Stewart. Oh, that's it. I kept trying to say John Snow, but that was John Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're talking about the Game of Thrones guy or the Channel 4 news presenter? Either for heroes. I don't know if I watched Game of Thrones, but that was the first guy. He did pop into my head actually. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, second match we're down here. Uh, the women's match actually. It's the, the first of two 
Hell in a Cell matches that appear on this card. Uh, this one was a giveaway then. It's Charlotte yep. versus Sasha Banks um, from Hell in a Cell 2016. I touched on it last week about this being potentially my women's choice and um, it won by far large. Uh, it was the first, I believe, women's main event, is it? On a pay-per-view? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. <clears throat> was it the first Hell in a Cell as well? Mm-hmm. Women's Hell Aye, it, yeah, it definitely was the first women's Hell in a Cell. I also believe it was the first pay-per-view that women invented. Yep. And um, they, they showed that they could easily main event and should have been main eventing um, events before that. Um, and it was this was a match that showed to me, and I don't mean this derogatory or anything, but they could finally hang with the men because they, they weren't able to show that they could have hung with the men before that. And it should have been long ago, but for whatever reasons... It took to 2016 to prove their worth, and this match was just. It. And again, without sending in any way um, derogatory or anything, but I felt as if I was watching two guys fighting. That's how good a match it was. Um, and easily the main event of that pay per view as well. I believe there was two others Hell in a Cell matches at that event as well, I believe. Uh, one which featured members of the Shield, so. How that main event, it just shows you how good a match actually was. Aye, it was, and I'm not just saying this, but I said it at the time as well, it was one of the best <clears throat> Hell in a Cell matches I'd seen in a long, long time. And I think uh-huh. the, it was one of those ones, although it was a pay-per-view brand name, their rivalry called for it, because it was so heated and so personal, and mm-hmm. it became so lengthy, it was, it was warranted to be in a Hell in a Cell match. The only yep. sticking point was that near the end, Sasha Banks got sort of body slammed through the table, which didn't break, but can't be helped. <laughs> Don't end did care about that, but that point, of bonus was yeah, It's a solid pick. I'm very, very pleased with that one. It's a tasty oh, number. Yes. Ricky? <clears throat> um, yes, I think certainly for... Uh, historic reasons, etc. Um, it's a good pick. For me personally, it wasn't my favourite out of them because I think, and I don't know if you'll agree with it, unfortunately we can't pick TV matches because they had a couple on a raw. Aye. Not the, what, was it, was either, was it a false count anywhere? False count anywhere. That, that was, was better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was fucking terrific. Um, but I actually enjoyed, I remember I enjoyed um the Hell in a Cell match the table breaking doesn't really bother me no. if I'm honest um, because I'm one of the people that actually kind of likes when things don't look right or don't go to plan in a sense like mm-hmm. I always say like when Volta gets to the top it like, goes to the top turnbuckle it's like, it just looks so unnatural it looks like he's going to fall over and I'm like well it should look like that look at the size of the guy like it, it should look natural I quite like that because it adds a like a, a realistic element to it, and I kind of like not so much I like botches, but I enjoy like the vuggedness at times and, and just like the craziness and just throwing punches etc. Because it adds a real like real fight, real life element to it. Um, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed the match. <clears throat> I did, um, and we did speak about it last week. It was one that I considered as well. Um, but yeah, Charlotte and Sasha, like <clears throat> that, their feud was pretty was pretty good. Um, especially some of the stuff on Raw, and uh, just unfortunate. I don't. I think that I wish they'd gone 
like all in on Sasha at that point. But yeah, no, solid pick. See, apart from the last few months, I think that was peak Sasha. Mm-hmm. And I think so, but I think, mm. and I think, I know we're kind of drifting off, but I think it was perhaps the only time, other than kind of what they're doing right now with him and, and the way she's, she's doing well, is it seems like the only time that they went all in on her, in a, in a sense, they've been like, no, no, like we've got faith in her and we're going to spotlight her and we're going to give her this um, the platform. I know there was like, especially um, with... Um, what's her name Alexa Bliss so it was kind of going back and forth kind of with titles etc and they never really gave her that sustained push but she was certainly in the title picture that entire time but yeah the two three years or so after that like she was almost like an afterthought until now mm-hmm. which was, was to me isn't right mm-hmm. I think there were yeah. confidence issues with her later on because she was a, a shell of her former self for a couple of years um, she was a botch queen she just didn't look interested at all. Obviously, she left for a while to look after herself, and it's just I think now we're seeing this whole Who thing. Who we saw on NXT? Aye, exactly. Oh, a few years. Yep. Uh, and I think fucking damn great wrestle. The fact that that's main evented that pay per view, it was because it was the main, the most engaging and interesting story throughout all of WWE at that time, and it deserved the main event spot, not just because. Women haven't done it before because it was the best story going. So I can't fault that pick at all. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, match number three. Um, if I'm brutally honest with this one here, I came across it by accident. Um, I was looking through the pay-per-views of yesteryear um, and I was actually looking at the Hell in a Cell match from this year. It was a No Mercy 2002. Undertaker and Brock Lesnar was the match I was actually looking for. And this one here is for the tag team titles. Now, I could have done your cliches of the TLCs, Hardy's Edge and Christian, every variety of them. Um, however, this one here, um, I didn't have much recollection of, but when I watched the match, I thought, I can't pass out a moment here if I've these four legends in the ring at one time. And I'm touching right on the edge here with this one. It's a tag team title tournament final, believe it or not. Well, I know exactly Smackdown. where you're going here. I know it. Is this one in your card right now? No, it's uh, just, I know, I know the class okay. you're talking about. So, having just watched the match last night, um, and when you hear the first guy's name, Edge, you expect his tag team partner to fall, normally fall by Christian, but it wasn't. It was Rey Mysterio, and they fought Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that. I didn't mean to <laughs> the match anyway. <laughs> now that, alone, those four, that could have been invented this card, if I'm honest with you. Um, unbelievable but I'd forgot about it for a start unbelievable match um, started off very slow burner but it was rightfully slow because the near the near falls in the match is the crowd and everything oh, unbelievable <laughs> absolutely I, I, I can't speak highly enough of the match it's definitely one you need to go back and watch um, mm-hmm. some of the what happened with Ben Juan Guerrero last week we couldn't remember that one but uh, this is Mysterio and Edge up and coming against the veterans of Angle and Benoit and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, I've got to say a special mention there. I'd actually was going to pick a match from the early nineties. Actually, it was the Heart Foundation versus Demolition in a two out of three falls match, the, the tag team titles. And it was yep. uh, again another brilliant match. But Bret Hart was left for other things in the event, so I had to take that one out, which was annoyed by it at the time. But when I found this, it was a able replacement. Um, 
but incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, Ricky? Um, I mean, sorry if I'm bumping in and out, I'm writing Barry's card on my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I always say, and I say it just about every other week, great in-ring wrestling is all I care about, and, well, you've got four of the absolute all-time greats. Um, terrific match. Uh, I, not going to lie, I might have to go rewatch this again, if I'm honest. Nice. Um, Barry mentioned Park Foundation and um, versus Demolition, but um, another good match as well. Um, and, and yeah, like I say, it's like honestly, like you can't really go wrong with this match at all. Like, I, like Barry says, I don't think you need to to justify why you've put it on the card. You know, like the names alone show you how good, tell you just how great this match was. But I think people need to go out and watch it. And I'm going to, I think once once we've done. All these cards are going to make a point and go out and watch all these matches, like in order the ways I've put it, just to kind of uh, uh-huh. make it look like a pay per view. Um, yeah, and to touch on what Barry says as well, like I intentionally avoided the Hardys and Bubba and um, sorry, the Dudleys and Edge and Christian the TLC matches because I felt they were just too obvious. I kind of wanted to go elsewhere, but yeah, <laughs> great pick, great pick. One of the I was trying as, as hard as I could to avoid like sort of cliche matches and that, so. yeah. One of the best things about that was the backstory leading into it because Kurt Angle and Benoit, a storied rivalry um, before and after this tag title run that they had and there was there was a will they won't they with regards to who's going to attack each other but they were loyal to each other to the end of this with the tag title run and that was a feature going forward. Edge and Mysterio they were never in doubt when it comes to their loyalty to each other but that sort of thing going on with Benoit and Angle was excellent. But the near falls, I can, I've can i seen the match in the last few years, so you're right, you could have just said the names and we could have moved on to the next <laughs> pick because there's nothing else to be said. That is definitely one of the best tag team matches there's yep. ever been. Did the Serial and Angle fight the SummerSlam that year as well, or was it the year before? Uh, Remember the SummerSlam, it was in four. Card after Lesnar Rock. Was it Lesnar Rock main event? Uh, uh, that was Mysterio Something. and Angle, that one. Mysterio Angle, that's what was That was the, uh, the opener. Uh, I think it might be right, actually. Aye, it was. Aye, that was. Fast paced opener. Was that no. Was that not 02? Uh huh. It was Lesnar's breakthrough year, so it was the same year, so the feud's kind of continued through the summer, so I'm uh, not where it was October, so. Anyway, um, <laughs> so halfway through on to number four, uh, this one. I'd actually down at first, if I'm honest, is the speciality match, and I discovered it was actually an intercontinental title match, which, uh, once I rewatched it, I can remember very well it was. Uh, it's from Backlash of 2004, and it was Randy Orton versus Mick Foley, and I know holds barred match, and also a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, violent, tons of blood, and uh, somebody remind me if. I've seen a more violent match since this. <laughs> this was 16 years ago. Possibly not, because, well, 2005, as opposed to seven, still had quite a lot of sickness, and then it just faded off from then. But uh, Foley, supposed to be Mick Foley, comes out with the Cactus Jack gear on, you know where this match is going when you see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, thumbtacks, flaming tables, whatever, you name it, is there. Um, incredible, just followed on from the... WrestleMania 20 when it was The Rock and Foley versus Evolution 
and also in part of the storyline as well, Mick Foley, or Orton spat in Mick Foley's face and then shoved him in a flight of stairs. <laughs> as you so, do. I had everything, um, and it was one of my favourite of that year, uh, let alone that decade, probably. That, I didn't realise that was for the IC the title. Yeah, did I? That's what I'm saying. I didn't know. I did, I did. So is this is this your IC title match or is this your specialty? This is my IC title match right. which, because I was going to have Bret Hart and Bulldog from SummerSlam '92, yeah. and then I discovered that was an IC title. So I thought, well, I can't include that in as the specialty match and not the IC. I don't know if I could have actually, but maybe I could have. But anyway, um, I think the tone. Sorry, the opening like segment or the opening the opening of that match kind of set the tone for it. Randy Orton standing in the ring with his like four by four, whatever is wrapped in mud wire. Cactus Shack and Mick Foley walks down with his, and you're like, oh, okay, like <laughs> shit's just gonna it's just gonna kick off straight away. And it, like you say, is hellacious from start to finish. Um, like you say, it's blood, guts, just everything that you possibly want in like a an old school proper hardcore uh, match um, yeah like they, they they had some absolute horrific moments um, Orton like I say is one of the greatest heels you'll see just an absolute piece of shit um, and yeah like that the stuff they produced together um, whether it be like a singles or tags etc like they always had a good chemistry with one another and there was a period as well where Mick Foley was just getting abused every single week by Evolution bye <laughs> <laughs> it's you could maybe argue for the Undertaker stuff a year later, but I would say this might be Randy Orton's best match. Yep, easy. It'd easily be up there anyway, surely. Oh, I definitely. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah, I think even Mick Foley's one of but Mick Foley's best matches yep. as well. <coughs> I think well, the Daniel Bryan Batista triple threat is it's probably my favourite Randy aye. Orton match. But if we're going one on one, then you know. Well, I was going to actually say it was probably one of. Mick Foley's last ever great matches because the match with Edge obviously um, a year later or a couple of years later um, but other than that his flair matches were alright but they were sort of slow um, spot fest really uh, so I, it was probably one of his better matches and probably one of his last ever sort of best matches as well I suppose and, and the good what I like about some matches is yeah we, we typically normally think stuff like last man, last man standing or no holds barred or no secure <clears throat> you're thinking well this is going to be a sports fest sport fest from start to finish but this one was like a genuine they hated one another and it was still like that you can still sense a story for it like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like oh we're going to do all these high spots no no we hate one another but ah, pun- yeah. like we're going to i'm going to punish you mm-hmm. and it, you could see that in the storyline so it wasn't just like oh i'll do a big move and you do a big move kind of thing mm-hmm. it was excellent. i don't know if it was something off um screen with it as well at that point i don't know if that was just rumors or part of the story about but I'd bought it anyway. I want to watch that match back just now, so we'll just pause this and (laughs) I'll watch it. It's such a good match. Good shout. So next is my World Heavyweight title defence. Again, um, special shout-outs in this one that didn't make it. Uh, One of them was uh, The Undertaker vs Edge uh, from WrestleMania. Um, probably the best match of that event potentially uh, maybe Michael's and Flair but anyway that was one of them and also a storyline where I felt as if they built up someday and totally wasted his run and his push was when 
Triple H beat Booker T for the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania 19. Right. So that was one as well that was very close to getting it. Uh, however, I one of settled. one of one of the worst booking uh, decisions, ever. decisions in WrestleMania or WWE history. Like, that was just fucking terrible at that time. That yeah, I mean, awful. even watching the match, I think he's definitely won. And then, yeah. Uh, so I settled from SummerSlam 2008 TLC match. It was between CM Punk and Jeff Hardy. Uh, at that time I was not a big fan of CM Punk really to be honest with you um, Jeff Hardy was going through a good singles run he had his injuries and probably a spout of issues off the, the wrestling circuit at that point as well but this was the match where I thought CM Punk had something um, I didn't really think much of him up to that point as I said uh, but I felt both the A-games were brought to this one and they were both on cue the chemistry was great um, I think as well it was genuine they, they two had a hatred feature oh, off camera as well um, and that's one Tom Ball went to a ladder to finish the match uh, as iconic and it continues to be to this day forward it also main evented the event that year as well so great yep they, I'm pretty sure I was obviously I wasn't a big fan of CM Punk at the time and this was around the time where I started tuning out of WWE because CM Punk became the top guy and other reasons I've mentioned it many times before but when I watched this match back it was a cracker the, I would go so far as to say this was Jeff Hardy's most daredevilish stunt it, yes. bet, better than any of his um, TLC matches because this was a high a freaking high ladder you're talking 20 feet none of your oh, mid, yeah. mid-height ladders this was all the way high and he had to land on a CM Punk on a table that must have been the worst one he's taken horrendous but really good match and uh-huh. it did it did main event I was just checking here it main yeah. evented over uh, Randy Orton and John Cena, Cena uh, I think Taker came back as well yes actually I, oh um, I actually saw he did die to set up the CM Punk yeah that's a point the story at that point actually that's Along with some, again, with some horrendous booking decisions, like, we were just about to enter, like, that great sort of, like, three, four-year period or so, whatever it was for Punk. Um, this was maybe the start of it all. Uh, maybe maybe it started a little bit earlier than, than Jeff Hardy match. Um, and I said that the... The build up to the match was a lot of like how Punk would kind of deride Jay Hardy and just talk about how he was mentally weak and stuff like that, and you know he was more deserving of a champion, etc. Um, and like I said, the fact that this <clears throat> closed the pay per view over Cena Orton, you know, just tells you how high they were on potentially seeing Punk at this point. Yep. Um, so Punk and Jeff, they had a lot of good moments, a lot of good matches as well. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's another it's another good pick, if I'm honest. Um, definitely a match worth watching. Definitely one of Punk's better matches as well, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a uh, pretty, pretty damn good pick. Okay, so match number six is the uh, Blood Feud, as it were calling it. Yep. Blood feud, um, so I decided to stick with the name of it and stick with blood. So I've went for this match here, which is the first ever 
first blood match uh, from King of the Ring 1998. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kane, who had no long showed up into WWE at that point. Uh, this one here, uh, this is peak attitude. This is peak McMahon. This is McMahon proper screwing Stone Cold over. Um, put him in a first blood match against a masked Kane. Now, what chance have you got to win that if the person you're facing is masked? So, <laughs> how does Stone Cold overcome it? Um, it did everything. It, um, strangely enough, it pretty good chemistry for Kane only showing up and he, his move list at that point wasn't great and his in general wasn't great. Um, as it says, McMahon trying to screw over Stone Cold by making that first blood match. And of all the things that happened, uh, Errol Hedner gets knocked out and it's the Undertaker of all people who enters the, the match along with Mankind and uh, Undertaker tries to strike Kane with a chair he ducks and hits Stone Cold so that leads to Stone Cold getting busted open uh, and then it's, it's him trying everything under the sun to get Kane to bust open before Arrowhead now gets back up unfortunately that doesn't happen um, so for those of you who have never seen that match I've just ruined it for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah it was, it was great uh, I'm asked Kane in the middle of that attitude either as well and the first ever first blood match which was actually I think was this a title match actually I think it this might have been I can't remember it was a title match but I remember uh, Kane saying if he loses he would like set himself set on fire, on fire that's right. and I remember Taylor's, Taylor's justification for interfering the match was he couldn't watch his baby brother set himself on fire or whatever that's right um, and then I it like- was um same night as Undertaker Mankind the Hell in a Cell and the Cell comes down in this match as well actually that's what yeah, I was going to ask right. That's that added to the chaos of this one because yep. all that stuff you've mentioned was just attitude era booking at its finest and yep. then they brought the cage the Cell down as well it just gave it a right manic feel so it might have been a title match but if you've picked something else for that I'm not I'm no fussed because it was yeah. I've obviously got more of a memory for the it other it was a title match I've obviously got more memory um, for the Hell in a Cell match. the title back the next night in Raw, actually. Mm-hmm. But the, I do remember quite a lot of that, and that was Austin, Mankind, Undertaker and Kane. There was a lot of back and forth between those four chaps. That was some yep. crazy shit back in the day. Good shout. Mm-hmm. What, what I, I remember as well in the build-up to it was Austin was in the middle of the ring, and he was... And then suddenly, like, the fake blood fell from the, from the rafters onto him, and then Kane had that little, what's that, what we voice box thing? Oh, and he was like, something like Austin uh, on Sunday or whatever it is, it'll be real blood. What I liked about the finish as well was, um, like, Austin was, like, stomping away, I think, at Kane or someone, and then Herbner comes around and notices Austin, rings a bell, and Austin's looking at Herbner, like, what, what, the, what, the, what the hell are you doing? And then all of a sudden, he realises, he's like, how the hell did I get busted? It was like it was quite cool because even Austin in that crazed mentality didn't even realise he'd been busted open. All of a sudden, the match comes to an abrupt halt, and he's absolutely stunned and doesn't doesn't seem to have any recollection of how that happened. Jeff took it differently. I thought he was trying to tell Errol Hedner it was Undertaker busting me open. So that's no that's no right. Uh, so they shouldn't have won the match. or lost the match, whatever. But I, it could be that way as well, I suppose. But um, so two matches left. I, it was hard at this point um, because you're trying to fit as many people in as you can so the last two probably do sound quite cliche so um, I've went back and what I've said previously there so <laughs> the speciality match I've picked could have, it, was, it was a hell of a sale match it was going to be so I tried to stay away from the, the main ones I would think about right away but I settled in 
so he had to include Undertaker in it anyway, so Undertaker had to win this pay-per-view. I went for his battle with Triple H at WrestleMania 28, with Shawn Michaels as the ref. Um, from the three matches they had at Mania, this was the, the best one, I think. Uh, it had, obviously, the end of an era to it, which was, was a great feel. Um, I think it was actually the last ever time me and all our mates watched the Mania the Girl live as well, so it was also our end of an era as well, I think. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that rings a bell, yeah. Um, but no, I would say definitely for the three I'd seen, uh, this was definitely the, the, the best one from them. Um, for, I, I would say just missed out was probably Undertaker and Lesnar, actually. Um, and Edge would have probably been there, but I, I stuck with that tag match, obviously, so that's the reason that one never made it. There was a point, and Undertaker actually mentioned it in his series that was on the network recently that when Sean Michaels hit the sweet chin music then Triple H hit the pedigree you thought this is it, this is the streak over mm-hmm. uh, and he kicked out and that was one of those oh, moments and, uh, once, it, uh, once he survived that match I think that streak's never ending I know Good shot, see I, I actually thought the streak was um, more in danger and the previous match with Triple H aye because I remember how Taker kind of the way they made it seem like was Taker barely made it out and he struggled and and that was the whole thing about him coming back and the second match to Triple H was like no like I basically had to get carried out of that match and and you've been going on about how you got I was lucky and stuff like that so now I have to come back and basically rip your head off to make to make it right again, um, and yeah, let's like say the uh, pedigree. Uh, sorry, switch of music pedigree. And even you saw like one, two, and then suddenly it kicks out, and then Shawn Michaels is rolling about the ring, like getting frustrated. Um, yeah, like those that those four matches were were really, really good. I think that probably was the last decent Taker Mania match until the Punk one. And that was a couple of years later, was it? Was it three years later, I, I think? I think it was next year. 28, 28, 28. I thought, I, see, I thought the Trump one took, aye. So that's what I'm saying, that was like the last stretch, really, I would say, of the good Taker matches until mm-hmm. probably... The Bray one was fine for what it was, and I'm not saying, I'm not going to say it's like... It, it wasn't great, but it wasn't like like zero stars or whatever up until really the match he had with um, AJ just this past year so like I said that was probably a culminate of coming to the end of the last great sort of match you would see from Taker see as well it was when you think about it it was the end of a four year story <clears throat> because oh, yeah. Triple H uh, sorry HBK two years in a row with two classics then Triple H was trying to take the mantle onto Shawn Michaels a year later and then Shawn Michaels came back to referee this one so there's that's some uh, hashtag long term booking there and, 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 and I know we're going to say because Triple H isn't anywhere near as uh, on Shawn Michaels level wrestling wise that's true right but like there were s- such different matches as well and I think and Triple H and Taker say themselves in that documentary is that we can't do what him and THBK done because it's just not possible mm-hmm. so we're going to have to go down a different route and do something it's, it's going to be hopefully just as good but more suitable we can do together um, and it says yeah four years storyline coming to an end and also they've both been in the most telling a cell matches so it makes sense that side of things as well 
Yeah. Because I'm aware of the most. I know definitely Triple H. Aye, Undertaker. Aye, So you've left. You've you've got one left. So we've got one left, and it's the WWE Championship. It's the greatest ever WWE Championship in my eyes. Um, would be hard to beat this one. From two of your all-time favourites, um, easily in my top five, maybe even three favourites of all time. And it's the man just mentioned there as a referee from that match. Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Iron Man match. WrestleMania 12. Uh, I mean, 60 minutes wasn't enough for these guys to find a winner. I had to get into sudden death. Which Shawn Michaels finally wins. Um, amazing chemistry. I know they had their off, again, off-camera issues. But uh, Bret was one of these guys where... You would just forget that for this sort of. He knows that would sell the money, um, and that this was going to be a big match, uh, especially at Mania. You could tell on his face actually when he hears it's when he sudden death needs to come back down, and he's not going to begin the uh, retain the title at that point. Um, but other than that, this is the best match they had probably, um, apart from a very early uh, match they had in about '92 when Michaels was still breaking out as a singles wrestler. Other than that. Um, I don't you can beat this for WWE title matches to be honest with you it's just all time favourite of mine uh, good nostalgia to it and the wee 90s number that fling in so happy with that this might actually be my first ever match I'd seen and I watched it in your house Barry not live really? obviously but uh, I'd watched it in your house and we were running about your living room uh, <laughs> acting out the match probably <laughs> like a pair of wee fannies we were 20 at the time <laughs> <laughs> this is back in the day um, called uh, Take Them Off Sky because I remember yes. doing one of my friends' house to watch Paul Ross actually uh, he always wanted to watch them all right away so Ricky I remember I remember and since we're just talking about how we used to watch it back in the day I remember uh, I was too scared to go down the stairs myself to watch it in the middle of the night so I had to drag one of my sisters out of bed to come downstairs and sit in the room while I watch the wrestling until 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and that's when you were at um, 20 years old as well yes that was just last year <laughs> uh, this was proper back in the day but this is when they didn't even show it live this was getting shown at 3 in the afternoon or something oh, alright okay <laughs> um, there anyway. it's funny enough this I don't think many people think highly of this match now really I don't I, a lot of people that doesn't seem to be one of the matches it's it's stood the test of time I enjoyed it at the time I did I really did um, even even now I think I still enjoy, I still would look back and say no I still enjoy that match I think my only issue with Iron Man matches is I remember speaking to Josh about this actually is that you're kind of waiting um, for that last five minutes or so because it all kind of boils down to that last five minutes because you know that's when it gets picked up and all hell can, all hell can break loose. Um, and the fact that it was no pinfalls at all, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, this is where I differ and this is where I'm going to agree with Barry is that I just, you know, in-ring wrestling is just all I care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're giving me 60 minutes of Bret Hart, I'm sorry, like, I'm going to be entertained. I'm going to enjoy what I'm watching. Um yeah, like, like I say, from just a pure personal standpoint, and I know some people might not agree, but the fact that you just sit and watch Bret Hart for 60 minutes, sign me up for that any day of the week. 
I think as you said about the last five minutes, I think at that point <clears throat> that was the first ever Ironman match, so you didn't know what yep. to expect. So one's obviously seen that, then expecting that afterwards. Aye. And then and then obviously the last like ten sec, twenty second or minute or whatever, he was in the sharpshooter. And it was all like, is he going? And then suddenly Brett walks out saying, I'm the, I'm the winner. But then comes back in and immediately looks pissed off and starts bang going. And that's what I loved about Brett. Just immediately starts going to the lower back again. Starts weakening the lower back even more and more. And then obviously you had that moment. It was like the boyhood dream through and coming down from the rafters and stuff. So like I think for me, it's, it, it's still a significant moment in wrestling or WWE history that match. For every- well, it's still quoted the best... Um- Championship match of all time on thing as well. WWE.com or not mm-hmm. See, for every everyone who is a big massive fan of Bret Hart, there's equally someone who thinks he's boring. So I think maybe that's uh, where you're at, thinking. Looking at you, Mags. I'm looking right. at you. <clears throat> um, that maybe think that wasn't that good. I don't see. I've got no issues with Bret Hart matches. If you're looking for a long, drawn out story that's not rushed, that's not all that just super kick city. I know he's fighting against Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean. The work rate but stuff. the super kick was a finisher. Aye, exactly. The it's I, I can't fault it. It's the first of its kind. It's still probably the best Iron Man match. Maybe I mean you've got a couple of really strong contenders there, but when you had Shawn Michaels at his peak and Bret Hart just who was at his for a long time, you can't at all. And if anyone's looking for more info on this, I was actually listening to JR's podcast last week. He does one with Conrad Thompson fella. And they were talking about Bret Hart's 1996 in detail, and they were talking quite a lot about this Ironman match and how they would they would have not booked the ending differently because of the draw sudden death thing, but they would have advertised it ahead of time so that people were going in thinking this could be a possibility instead of being thrown a swerve. But it's quite a good wee interview. I think it was last week's one with Jr. and Conrad, so check that out. But a, a solid end to a solid pay per view. It's going to be about five hours long, mind you. With that, <laughs> <laughs> so just to run through Barry's, the greatest pay per view ever. We've got the US title match between John Cena and Seth Rollins at SummerSlam 2015. Women's title match: Charlotte versus Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell 2016. Tag title match: Edge versus Ve- Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit at No Mercy 2002. IC title match, Randy Orton versus Mick Foley, Backlash 2004. World title, CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, TLC match, SummerSlam 09. Um, for your sort of blood feud, you had Steve Austin versus Kane at King of the Ring 98. Undertaker and Triple H in a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 28. And last but certainly not least, HBK versus The Hitman, WrestleMania 12 in an Iron Man match for the WWF title. I'm going to put a wee cheeky F in there to keep it old school. <laughs> so, I'm not going to say leave the best for last or not be a dick like you two have been. <laughs> um, when I was picking these, you do have to, there's a lot of thought that goes into it because you want to immediately pick your favourites, you want to immediately pick, but sometimes your favourites are in about three or four matches. So you have to make you do have to make some sacrifice along the way, and it can be a bit annoying, to say the least. So when we're going to mine, there might be some shock emissions. There might be even some shock emissions of certain wrestlers. You'll also be surprised to know that two of them happen, two of the matches happen at the same pay per view as well. So it's going to be quite an interesting wee 
read for you and to start off the night a, co- a curtain jerker oh and by the way just to although I said I wasn't going to be a fanny like you two I'm going to be a um, a, a pawns and just give you a dictionary definition for the word retribution punishment inflicted on someone as vengeance for a wrong or criminal act because ladies and gentlemen my pay-per-view is called retribution I'm pretty sure that was a TNA pay-per-view back in the day <laughs> Can anyone? Does anyone remember that at all? No, but retribution was. <laughs> believe it or not, mine's going to be final retribution. Was going to be the name of my paper view actually. Was it? That would have been really weird, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as well I stole it somehow before you. <laughs> so to open up the show is the US title match, and I think, as you said before, it's hard to pick something from these, but something that's going to pick up the show that's going to get the crowd invested and be interesting and different. It is from Hell in a Cell 2010, a submissions count anywhere match between The Miz, Daniel Bryan and John Morrison. Not sure if you've got much of a memory of that one, but that one always stood out to me since I'd watched it back. You had all three guys playing at their best, like at their best traits. So you had them as being the cowardly chicken shit heel doing anything he could to win matches and also looking scared, but always punching up, if that makes sense. Daniel Bryan, a submission powerhouse, we know the story with that, and John Morrison, because it was a submissions count anywhere match, he was using the furniture and environment to his his best with his parkour stuff, and it was just hell, crazy stuff, they were going through the crowd, so you had that brawl atmosphere, and just, I think that's a delightful way to open the pay-per-view. I don't know if you've got much of a memory of this one. Barry? Uh, I don't actually know. No, um, <laughs> I was just trying to remember. Uh, did this open the pay-per-view as well, did you say? I think that it opened the actual pay-per-view. It's open in mind, but it opened that one as well. Mm-hmm. What year was it, sorry? 2010? Yep, Hell in a Cell 2010. And it was just after it was Daniel Bryan. just the Bryan. year they had a great singles match. Daniel Bryan and the Miz. They did a great the Night of Champions, they fought, which I'm pretty sure was the event before it. It might have been because these two had had an ongoing thing because Daniel Bryan was part of the Nexus thing when he got fired, then he came back and took the Miz's place at SummerSlam that year. So it probably right. was. Uh-huh. Aye, well, if it, if it was falling on for that, then they did have a great singles match. I just can't really remember why I don't remember much about it, actually, but no, I definitely want to go back through it. Um, but that Daniel Bryan Miz match, I believe, was a contender for one of mine at one point as well, actually. Mm. Hell in a Cell 2010, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. My, so, yeah, solid, real solid opener. Real solid opener. Um, my only issue with the match, and not the selection, the match itself was only one of them, and I'm just talking about going into the match and watching the match, so the only problem was that only one of them had, like, Submission moves in their arsenal. So to me, it kind of it was like, well, how many for these other two guys who don't use? Is how are they going to win the match? I think um, that, that adds to the unpredictability of it. No, and like you say, Morrison's using other things, so he's trying to try to use other things to his advantage. Um, like I said it's a, it's, a, it's a good opener. It's a good opener. Um, I, I've not got any issue with that match at all. I would. I would I'd say it's a pretty, pretty good start to the pay-per-view. 
I think he did use the figure four in this match, so I'm not right. sure if it was before or after that he started making it part of his actual repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like we've, we've said a few times now, it's really hard to pick a super-duper US title match, but that one stood out for me, and also you need to think about trying to get your favourites on the card, and Daniel Bryan is one of my favourites, so there he is. Um, going to stick with the mid-card scene for my match number two, and it's an intercontinental title match. The Royal Rumble 2001 and it was a ladder match between Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. I've just noticed that all three of us have Chris Benoit in our pay-per-views. Well, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, here's the thing. Like, I'll let Barry go first, actually. I'll just let Barry go first if you want. Uh, I can remember this opening, the event that year. Um, and it was, wasn't it a very long match, but it was continuous, constant, fast-paced, um, there was a sick moment Ben had done something you know slides the ladder or something it connected badly with him or something what, or, I, what was really bad about it and it was probably a big fucking contributing factor to what happened later on but he was doing a suicide dive out of the ring and Jericho was already out of the ring with a chair and he just smashed him in the head that's it mid suicide dive that was very early on in the match as well but um no, it's a great choice, actually. It's one that never even appeared in my memory when I was figuring out for mm-hmm. IC title matches, but great choice. Uh, a wee sneaky ladder match in there as well, which is great. It's quite good, because this is, this is the thing where I'm, I picked Retribution as my pay-per-view name because quite a few of these matches are... It's all about getting revenge and vengeance. And um, Benoit got a lot of the upper hand over Jericho in 2000, and these guys had had quite a quite a sort of personal rivalry in 2000 and it started back up again in 2001 with this ladder match and I think that was maybe the first one that I can remember where although the ladders had been used rather innovatively at TLCs and all that stuff just two guys using ladders as weapons it was quite novel and it stood out it was a bit more gutter guttural than the sort of flashy spot fests that other tag title ladder matches have been and the, I think I'm pretty sure there was a Walls of Jericho done on top of the ladder as well. Yep, yep that's right. I think uh, to a couple of things that you've just said there, Clive, there was a, a ladder match you expect, like spots and just high intensity, etc., etc., but there was an actual storyline still behind the match. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty, I think, of these kind of matches that yes we expect blood and guts but when you incorporate the blood and guts with a storyline that's still going on and, 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 and you can see it that's the beauty of it that's the great thing of it because like, you know you can put any two guys in the ring and just say right just start knocking lumps one another just bust each other open for shits and giggles but there's there's a meaning behind everything they were doing um, and just to touch on the actual match itself the other match I think this is one of the best ladder matches you'll see not quite going to say it's the best ladder match but it's it's up there I think probably just a notch below maybe HBK and Razor Ramon but I think you know you can make arguments that it's in people's top four or five I think uh-huh. um, 
I also, you say we've all got Chris Benoit. Well, look, I, we understand that you can't talk about Chris Benoit and not mention what he's done. But Chris Benoit is one of the absolute very best wrestlers of all time. So it's not a surprise that he's on all three of our cards, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, what he's done was horrific. But if we're talking about just his wrestling ability, again, we can't really just talk about just that. But his wrestling ability alone, like I say, is pound for pound, every bit as good as anyone you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. So, I was trying to be as careful as I could with the order of this, and I'm trying to think of how matches ended and how they started. So, I can explain. Like We've had the US title match, got people out of their seats. Then we had the IC title match, which was quite a grisly affair. So, people are maybe a wee bit sort of despondent and just lacking in energy at that point after watching quite a violent effort. So I'm going straight in with the star attraction one to get people back in, like back in the mood, engaged and energised straight away. And yes, I am picking John Cena, despite my hate of the man over the years. But there was a spell, 2015 and 16, where he was just doing the work rate matches and I could hardly fault him throughout most of that. And the star attraction match was SummerSlam 2016, John Cena versus Alan Jones Styles. <laughs> Uncle Al himself. This was bonkers. This match. It's one of the ones. It's one of those ones where they just totally fucking spammed the finishers and the kickouts at two and a half or two and nine, <clears throat> two and nine tenths. But you couldn't help but just be wild by what was going on with this one. And the end result was seeing AJ Styles actually beat John Cena clean, soundly and emphatically. It's just a very memorable match and I think it will go down in history as one of both of their best matches. Possibly. What, what was this? Is this just a singles match, this one? Uh-huh. Cena and AJ Styles at SummerSlam 16, 2016. Aye, so you didn't need to, I didn't realise you could just pick singles matches like that. I thought it would be a stipulation in that one. But... What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I was sort of saying just I was kind of the same as Barry there, like I must have clearly I misinterpreted the star attraction because what I'd done with mine was it was Ronda Rousey's debut in Kurt Angle's return kind of thing so um, I quite say I misread or misinterpreted what we're doing match itself it's it's um, one of AJ's top three matches in WWE um, it's one of Cena's absolute very best matches in WWE uh, yeah I, I, like, do I really need to add more onto that? You know, because like, when, when you think of how many great Cena matches, especially in that sort of two and a half, two year period or whatever he was having, and that one stands stands near the top. Uh, and I said, eighties had some absolute tremendous matches, and, and, and yeah, it, it was a match that everyone kind of wanted to see and we'd been talking about for so long. But at the end of the day, like you feel that way about Cena, but when AJ first arrived, you're like, my. Goodness, look at the match you're going to have now with AJ here. Um, yeah, like, like you know, you, you can't go wrong with that at all. No, I don't think there was much between that one on the match there at the Rumble. Um, I think it was on Rosina match right for the 16 time. Am I right? Uh-huh. Um, I need to watch them both again. I think I thought I actually preferred the Rumble one, but I'm not sure. I don't think there was much between them. But equally, anyway, both excellent matches. 
uh, two guys I could just sit and watch wrestle all day actually and in fact an iron match between those two would be great I don't get tired of that at all mm. so you're just looking over your both of your picks for star attraction I think you've ticked the category very well indeed because Undertaker and Triple H and the Ronda Rousey one these are both marquee matches that would sell pay-per-views so I, I think you have both picked excellent picks anyway it's just, I thought there were just stipulations on it. That's ah, what I right, right. Um, So I'm going for Cena and AJ, as I've said. Just <coughs> crazy shit, excellent stuff. And it was a really, it was a cementing of AJ Styles as a top star as well in the company. And I think he's, I mean, you've had questionable booking over the years, but he's been one of the mainstays in terms of main storylines. And it was because of that feud, I'd say. Next up, how are you going to follow a, an exhausting match like that? And if you remember the start of this one, shit hit the fan pretty quickly. And yes, Barry, I am actually going along with you and picking the Hell in a Cell match from 2016, Charlotte Flair's it versus <laughs> Sasha Banks. Um, if you remember correctly, this one started off with the cell lowering and then Charlotte just ragdolled Sasha out of the ring before the cell could even be lowered. Yep. Um, Sasha was powerbombed onto the commentary table, taken out in a stretcher. And then she came back, and throughout this whole match, I've n- even to this day, even though she's probably improved in the ring and in general character work, I've never seen Charlotte Flair more manic and just off her head as she was in this match. I think she was a perfect heel, screaming and shouting in Sasha's face. Um, she was a woman possessed because she couldn't get rid of Sasha, no matter how many she tried at these TV title losses. Um, and we've obviously discussed before, what what this match means in general? So it was it was basically my first pick and only pick. I hadn't thought of anything else for it. <clears throat> Ricky, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. Whatever I say in Barry's, I'll just repeat here. Okay, Barry. <laughs> I uh, obviously would agree with you because it was the best women's match I've ever seen. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me um, as we know main evented the event as well so it just showed you how high up they fought um, of those, those two women at that point and I really enjoyed that feud as well um, so yeah great pick um, I was going to change my next one but I'm not and I can't change it anyway because that one actually wasn't a tag title match <coughs> uh, so this one is for the WWE tag team titles and it was SummerSlam 2017, The Shield versus The Bar. I very much, I'll hold this match in high regard for a long time for a number of reasons. The Bar ended up becoming one of my favourite tag teams. Tag teams, they did the, the heel tag team stick very well, I thought. Um, and it was just about the start of the time where Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were beginning to become friends again after all the carry on in 2014 and 2015. So. They had this long story going into it about are they on the same page? Are they going to just implode again? And there was a lot of will they won't they heading into the match. And they reunited finally on the Raw before this SummerSlam. And then they had a cracking match, which um, tag titles, the Raw tag titles, I believe, against the Shield culminated in them unifying once again as the Brothers of, not the Brothers of Destruction, what were they called? Hounds of Justice? Uh, Hounds of Justice Hounds of Justice and it was a a tag team title win for the pair as well so it was just a culmination of many great stuff and 
it's one of those ones I really wanted to pick the the Hell in a Cell match with the New Day and the Usos as well but I just wanted to sort of vary the card so to speak so that a Hell in a Cell would stick out um, but that's my pick The Shield versus the Bar they had a cracker at the pay-per-view after that as well I think it might have been No Mercy can't remember can't remember the name of the pay-per-view what are your thoughts on this one Barry? Uh, I was just out to check what the next pay-per-view was after that um, no I, I, I remember at the time as you said they were having issues trust issues um, would they wouldn't they would they um, implode Um I can remember I find that a bit weird to left it to the wall before it was like that's how on the edge you were you didn't know if it was going to happen um, mm-hmm. uh, and I would assume from that that match was just announced on that run in I take it just before it so must have been uh, but yeah it was a really good match 20 odd minutes I remember um, as agreed uh, the bar became one of my favourite tag teams I remember at first when they got together I thought how are these two that's the most two awkward people we could ever get teaming up with each other um, but they quickly changed their mind from that after they had a bit of a shaky start as well but good choice in the tag team scene actually I never never ever crossed my mind that one so um, yep yeah, impressed with that one oh thank you thank you very much you're welcome <laughs> yeah um, the bar when that best of seven series when they had before they came a tag team was fucking excellent as well um uh, this probably wasn't my favourite tag match on the on the pay per view. If I'm honest, I probably preferred the New Day Usos one. Um, that was a pre-show. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> fuck. When did they ever? When did they ever make on a fucking proper pay per view? <laughs> no, that um, that whole Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins stuff. The build up to that was fucking unbelievable. The Bar, one of the best tag teams of the last like sort of five six years. Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Like I say, I'm, I'm, it's just pure personal preference between the the, the other tag team, the SmackDown title match, and this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not like you know that's asking you to prefer tomato ketchup or brown sauce. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, not not an issue with that at all. I thought that's another another really really good match. And like I say, they had a series of really good matches these two teams. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, the latest in a long line of terrific and awesome the bar matches. The the Shield were so good with those organised chaos matches where it seemed like it was just a rabid fight, but it was well, well, it was it funny, was well funny, orchestrated. Funny you say, when we always spoke about a number of matches being organised chaos, you, the match later, the main event of that pay-per-view was the epitome of organised oh, mayhem. That's right. You know, Brock, Roman, Samoa Joe and Braun and that Fatal 4 way. Was it... Brock goes out sort of midway through early on in the match and he comes back in etc so yeah I just remember literally laughing out loud at how chaotic that was I know and, and, that, and that card had like a couple of real big highs because I enjoyed that match that was like 15 minutes of just absolute chaos yep coupled with those two really good tag matches Alexa Bliss and Sasha had like a solid match and I think Naomi and Natalia had a pretty solid match as well, actually. Um, but then you had fucking stinkers like Finn and Bray, and I, Bray, I know, but still uh, Nakamura and Jinder Mahal. Like, oh, and you had that Enzo Amore in the Shark Tank uh, above the ring. Like, just utter, like, shitty matches coupled with, like, some real good matches. A weird pay per view if, if, when, you, when you think aye, back on it. Aye. I forgot that fatal four way for the title. 
Well, that main event, I was brilliant. Chaotic, <laughs> as you said, that was the best way to sum it up. Aye. Right, my phone's just not turned off, it's just closed up. Right, three left. This is the secondary title, the world title, and this is the reason why I've not included any of the TLC matches and also not included my favourite match of all time, that being <coughs> HBK versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. This match took place at the WrestleMania beforehand. It was a streak versus streak. It was months in the making beforehand and months afterwards, probably... I'd say Edge's best rivalry, even maybe Takers as well. Undertaker versus Edge for the world title at WrestleMania 2024. Sorry, uh, really good tale told in that match where you have Edge trying to say anything you can do, I can do better. So there was it was basically a reversal city. Anything that Undertaker tried, Edge would counter it, and then Undertaker started adapting to that, and it was just constant, just this constant. Like exponential growth of shit, this is getting bigger and bigger till the counters were constant and then I think the edge heads came down Undertaker slammed one of the edge heads onto the other outside the ring and then a top notch finish where it looked as if Edge was going to take the streak big spear to Taker but then Taker put him in Hell's Gate just outstanding match and I'd wanted to make sure that I had Edge on this it was either that or the TLCs but I can't think. Obviously, there are. We've heard some better secondary title matches over the years, but this is my favourite. I'd like your I'd like your thoughts on that, please, Ricky. <laughs> oh, he's away. I forgot. He's um, he? otherwise um, engaged. <laughs> Would you say he's what? Otherwise engaged, but you're back. No, sorry. Like I said, I'm, I'm flipping back and forth between the notes. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like Taker and Edge are kind of synonymous, synonymous with each other. Um, one of the few times where you felt like, as you say, is oh the streaks ended, it's ending. Um, and I, maybe at that point I can't remember, but maybe there wasn't such an emphasis on the streak at the time. I think for me, looking at kind of that started, we started to emphasise that more later on um, but yeah like I say um, I, I know why you've got this match in there uh, another great match uh, they had a series of some awesome awesome matches um, and this one as you are for your secondary title yeah it's it's again I think I'll, I think the best like the greatest thing I can give a lot of these kind of matches is do they stand the test of time? Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't need to. I don't need to answer that one because the answer's pretty obvious. What it is, and it's a yes. Thank you, <laughs> Barry. <laughs> yeah, um, great choice for the world title. Is one of my options as well. Picking um, from right. so the, but I, I would say what, what Ricky was saying. There must have been an emphasis on the streak because I remember Ed saying recently he was asked to end the streak at that. That pay per view, right? Um, so I'm assuming it must have been brought. I, I don't even take it was too much aware of it actually at first. To be fair, um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Was it? Was it? Was it an emphasis on TV? I just. I, I don't know mm-hmm. why. I just like all, all the, my memories of a streak just uh, seem to are only like of the last sort of like 
seven, eight years or so. I'm trying to think when I think that streak. When did it first remember? So that's what I'm thinking. So like, was it was it maybe around about the Shawn Michaels one? And I felt like mm, mm. is this the first time I've heard it. I, I I don't know when the first time I heard it, but like I said it, I don't really remember that being addressed. But maybe I'm missing like, a glaring thing. I'm not sure. I think Randy Orton used it quite a lot in his uh, build up to his because he was going about being a legend killer and how he went to street and stuff. So I think it was just it's in and out. Great like, gimmick. I remembered and then he fought like Mark Henry in a casket match the year later, and I was thinking. That was dreadful. I don't, I don't really remember anything about a streak then being mentioned, so... No, you're right, I think it was just sort of went in and out, but from the... Probably then the Edge match, if he's saying that, it must have been from the Edge match forward then. Um, but although they had a... They did have a hell in a cell that year as well at SummerSlam, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, that was probably better, that match, but I would still say that's probably one of the better WrestleMania main events they've had over the years as well, um, considering the ones generally over the last few years haven't been that great to be honest with you so uh, but no it's a great pick good solid pick there and again it was a moment in that match where you could see I thought the streak was ending there as well actually and, and, and when you think sorry when you think of the world heavyweight title those two guys are maybe right at the top of the list that you think uh-huh. of especially uh-huh. Edge especially Edge uh-huh. definitely uh-huh. Exactly. I mean, considering they could have had their main event that year, the triple threat match, the other title match was Xena, Altman, Triple H, so... Yep. <sighs> Fucking hell. So, we've got my blood feud, second to last. And I've not seen it a lot, but I have watched it, and I actually watched this in Barry's house. This is the three stages of hell match between Steve Austin and Triple H at No Way Out 2001. Now, take a breath if you need to, guys. I understand that was a... I'm glad I'm sitting down. (laughs) You'll never... I mean, I know his heel turn gets a lot of grief and just the general direction of WWE in 2001 gets grief. But this match, for me, was the start of Austin's descent into absolute madness and insanity. There was at one point in the match where they were just going at the clappers at each other and Austin literally screamed in El Hebner's face get the fuck away from me and it's still on the network today it's clear as day and Austin it was so believable how angry he was with Triple H and he would do absolutely anything to just destroy everything in his path I can't remember I don't know if there obviously there will have been two or three falls matches before but something is like this a three stages of hell where this this has been a rivalry technically it's been going on since SummerSlam 99 Oh, um, it was Survivor Series, was it not? Well, because was of the whole... To, was it SummerSlam or Survivor Series? It was supposed to be a triple threat with Rock and Triple H. Aye, Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Um, but Austin got, quote-unquote, knocked over. Yes. But, um, it started it was back done in, for the Rock. Aye. <laughs> but then it turns out that Triple H was the real perpetrator of the hit-and-run stuff. They'd been back and forth. They warred with each other at the Royal Rumble, interfered in each other's matches and... Rumble entrances, I believe. <clears throat> and then it came to the match itself. They weren't allowed to touch each other leading up to it, and they just ripped utter, they ripped the shit out of each other. Scary shit. It's quite scary talking about it just now, actually. Give me a moment. <laughs> Barry? Yep, um, again, another one of my choices here. I just couldn't fit it in because I'd already had um, the Muse elsewhere, so it was just going to be too much hassle of um, moving bits of the card around again so no, thoroughly great choice um, excellent pick 
this is when Triple H was just coming around as a serial assassin, as we mentioned there, because of that hit and run with Austin. Um, really violent match as well. I'll never actually rewatch it because I've not seen it for years. Um, on the note of, was there any other three stages of Hills match? Yeah, there was. It did feature Triple H. It was also one of my choices. It was going to be one of my choices as well. Uh, he actually fought Shawn Michaels in a three stages of Hell match oh, at Armageddon. Oh, aye, that's right. Uh, of 2002, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was a steel cage, believe it or not, and there was a ladder involved in the same match, so that's crazy. I think it was the first match was the singles, and then it was steel cage and it ended in a ladder match. So, But no, I would actually probably say the Stone Cold Triple H one was better than that still anyway, but... Um, both were going to be options on mine um, but no I did thoroughly enjoyed that one so great choice um, but if that doesn't mean I've entered then I'd like love to see what it does <laughs> okay he's away again this fella <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> great pick great pick I think the the Ricky here, Smackdown here comes a pain or GM mode in me would have liked the first fall to have not been a normal stipulation. <laughs> but that's just purely just stupidity and calmness for me. Um, I think the match went just shy of like an hour as well. Really? Uh, Fucking hell. Something along those lines. Like, see what I most like about this pick is the three stages of hell, like, honestly, you could probably count on one hand about a match that have been. And maybe, maybe maybe that's completely wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it's a stipulation that's used. It mm. was used very often and hasn't been used in God knows how long. Um, I think... Uh, I quite like this. I, I think this is an absolute fantastic addition to the pay-per-view. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm pretty sure Cena and Ryback had a three stages of hell match, did they not? I mean, it's fucking right back, so it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> and uh, Gargano and Adam Cole last year as well. And that's true, but like I say, that seems like the first one I've saw in a while. Aye, aye. Um, I just think that, like that match, three stages of hell, it was absolutely warranted in this feud, and it was the start of Austin's just tear in 2001. We've spoken before about how big a fan of I am of Austin's 2001 work, and this was the start of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why there wasn't many, because they found it unique. If they'd done that many, you'd be kind of bored of it somewhere mm-hmm. down the line, because these ones have brought in speciality pay-per-views and stuff. There's been some hell in a sale match that have been horrendous, um, and you think that should never be the case, you know? So maybe that's it, but they should have... I think, personally think, there should have been a lot more of those matches over the years as well. 100% agreed. Oh, shit. Can you still hear me? I just ripped some cables out there. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... You asked me what's going to... How the hell can that not be the main event? And I also said at the start of my pay-per-view that there were two matches from the same pay-per-view. Well, this might not be fresh in many people's memories. It might not even be the best title match ever. But remember, I have to take into account where other wrestlers have been used. But we have for the WWF title, Curtis Angle versus Dwayne Rockus Johnson. At No Way Out 2001 for the WWF title. Now, it might seem like a random pick at first, but this is another one where retribution plays a part because Kurt Angle took it from The Rock at No Mercy the following year. Um, they battled back and forth over a couple of months before this. The Rock had to go through quite a few hurdles and hoops to get to this match, some failed number one contender matches and all that, and then they got in the ring. 
and I don't know if you remember Barry, but we were con- this this was literally edge of your seat stuff, like mm-hmm. really. <sighs> People were absolutely desperate for both for Kurt Angle's reign to end and for The Rock to be the champion heading into WrestleMania that year. Yeah, uh, the crowd were screaming their heads off at near falls, and there was a rip in the ring, and we were a hundred percent convinced that someone was coming out of the ring. Remember that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Did this main event at this the Austin match was main event. Was it this match, the Rock match? Mm-hmm. I know, actually, I was thinking... Sorry, was this the No Mercy one or No Way Out? No Way Out. No Way Out. The one where Rock won it back. Yep. Uh, A moment of utter elation when he did. Just, it might seem like a strange pick, but when you take into account who I've already got in the card, and if you're really not sure, just watch No Way Out again, because there's a few belters on there. No Way Out, sorry, the three stages of hell in this title match. This was, like, so loud in that arena that night and I think this would be a great way to finish my pay-per-view um, wonder what your thoughts on that gentlemen well, do you know what actually no way it was one of my favourite pay-per-views no oh, uh, one went back, it's just in general no just in general no way out I don't know what it was I think it was just maybe they usually are like alright the rumbles out the way so let's just have mania now but no way out was just a habit of finding out great matches I'd uh, agree. as you mentioned it was even the one year the NWO showed up, uh, the Hogan the Rock fight, uh, no way out as well before. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that match in general, the Rock cut ankle, as you says there, um, the fans were loving it. They were all into it. Um, near falls, edge of the seat material, um, and it's, it's still hard to believe that that main event ahead of Stone Cold and Triple H. You're always going about these days about they're trying to space out the matches or they had that match there. Now the fans are, are bored. Because they're all tired for that last match. Could you imagine after having to watch three stages of hell fall to that straight away back in the day? <laughs> uh, I bet you any money these days with the, the way they pick the cards, that three stages of hell would have probably opened the event. Because <laughs> they just <laughs> love doing shit things like that. So, sure? um, I just like the way they used to do the match holders back in the day. They just didn't give a shit what was happening. Um, but yeah, it was... Probably wouldn't have been the main event for me on the card, but it main evented that pay-per-view, so it would have made sense for it to have followed match number seven. Otherwise, it would have probably messed it up a bit. But mm-hmm. No, good choice. But yeah, it surprised me. I didn't think that would have been uh, your choice for a WWE title match. Not that there was anything bad with it, but uh, I like the whole staying away from the, all the usual suspects when it comes to these sort of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Aye. Okay. Uh, surprising, but not surprising. Kurt Angle was always going to be on your card. Yep, that's true. Knew that. Uh, the committee is always going to be. <laughs> that's damn true, yeah. aye. Um, yeah, I thought those two matches, No Mercy and No Way Out, ones were both good matches. I think you could have gone either one. Wait, I think was the, um, the No Mercy one. Was that for the title no as well? No Mercy one was in the Invasion, was it not? Was that the same one I think now? 2000. 2001. No. No, I think the No, no Mercy one uh, was No Mercy 2000. was 2000. That's when Kurt Angle won it for the first time and as part of the audio of our intro as well. Yep. Well, they also <coughs> shooted for the Invasion and they had a match at No Mercy as well, I'm sure. Is that for the WCW title by any chance? Could have been. I'm going to find it. <laughs> right, cheers. <laughs> Clive, I think when you say you pulled wires, like your camera's gone, so that might have been it. Okay. Um, no, like I think you could have gone either one of them. Um so 
Yeah, it's a good pick. It's, it's another good pick. Like I say, Kurt Angle in a wrestling match, not a problem. I think what's surprising, honestly, about about both your cards in comparison to mine is I'm the only one that never had Stone Cold or Rock on, on a card at all. Aye, and I didn't have... We did say that last week, actually. I didn't have Sean Michaels in mine. That's true. I never had him in mine at one, um, at one point either. And I was disgusted myself, so I had to switch it about. Um, I stand corrected, actually. Sorry, it was Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, and RVD for the WWE title with that, no mercy. But the Unforgiven before that was Stone Cold and Kurt Angle. It was for the WWE title, wasn't it? A WCW title match. Just none of them held that title, actually, for that time. Mm-hmm. It was he and The Rock. I need to give that a, a swatch. So, just a rundown of mine again. Miz, Daniel Bryan, John Morrison for the US title submissions count anywhere. IC title match, Jericho and Benoit in a ladder at Royal Rumble. John Cena versus AJ Styles, SummerSlam 2016. Charlotte versus Sasha in a Hell in a Cell. Um, tag team title match with Shield versus The Bar at SummerSlam 2017. World title match, Taker versus Edge at WrestleMania 2008. Blood feud was Austin and Triple H, three stages of hell, and from the same pay per view, Kurt Angle versus The Rock for the WWF title. Now, these three pay per views are officially in the bag. What I'm going to do is Thursday, I'm going to have a busy day on the old laptop on Thursday. I'm going to take pictures or screenshots of each of these pay per views, put them in a tweet, and for anyone who's liked it, I will add you or tag you. I still don't know how to tag people on tweets, but I'll figure it out. Um, I'll tag you all and it would be kind of you to retweet and share with all your friends, your family, your dogs um, and I'll do a wee poll, who do you think has got the best pay-per-view and I'll read out the results of that next week with regards to next week fucking someone's turned on their lawnmower 3.0 there by the sounds of things uh, can, see, before we, see before we move on, can, can me and Barry read out other pay-per-views as well? I, I have, well, if you want, yeah. I mean, they have been read out tonight, but if you want to go through them again, that's fine. I don't know, well, it's nice to have them all three back to back. I mean, I'll, I'll just edit this whole fucking bit out then, shall I, right? On you go then, Ricky. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's just move on. No, it's fine, on you go. Right, so mine's was WWE title match Cena versus Punk, Money in the Bank. Uh, Star Attraction was Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda and Cup. IC title match was Brett and Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam 91. US title match was Eddie Gale and Chris Benoit from Vengeance 03. Women's title match was Charlotte and Becky from Evolution. Blood Feud was Taker versus Mankind, Boiler and Brawl. Tag match was Usos and New Day and Hell in a Cell. And world title was HBK, Chris Jericho in a ladder match. And uh, just a quick reminder of mine, guys, even though, although you vote for either Clive or Ricky because you don't know who I am. So, uh, first one was... <laughs> John Cena versus Seth Rollins for the US title uh, from SummerSlam. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Sasha for the Hell in a Cell 2016. That was a women's title match. Um, a choice for the tag team titles was Edge and Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit from No Mercy 2002. Uh, number four, Randy Orton versus Mick Foley uh, from Backlash 2004. It was the IC title pick. Um, CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy was the World Heavyweight title pick. TLC match from SummerSlam 2008. Uh, number six was Stone Cold versus Kane, the first ever first blood match uh, for the Blood Feud. That was King of the Ring 1998. 
Seven was The Undertaker, Triple H from Hell in a Cell, End of an Era, WrestleMania 28. And finally, it was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. So I'll put out a tweet on Thursday with a poll and screenshots of all the pay-per-views and you can vote for your <coughs> favourite one. And you will see the results of hear the results of that next week. And with, res- with regards to next week, we are going to do a special listeners edition of the best pay-per-view. So keep an eye out on our Twitter and in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. I'm going to put details in for how you can add your own, your favourite pay-per-view using the same rules as us. And once you give it, we will read them out live on the show. And you will also be entered into a t-shirt giveaway competition. So anyone who puts in a pay-per-view will read them out, as long as we don't get 50 or so, that should be all right. And um, you'll be entered into a draw, and it'll pick the random name at random, and you can win a t-shirt of your choice from ProWrestlingTees.net. So look forward to that one next week. Um, Would you guys like to have a quiz before we finish tonight? Yeah, that'd be superb. Also, can I just add, Clive? I would like to a screenshot of my pay per view because I want to order my matches in a specific way. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Basically, uh, because I want to start with my weakest at the top and then just work my way down, and people realise as they go along, oh my god, look at the fucking look at this pay per view. Do you think you are gay? There shouldn't, be any, there shouldn't be any weaknesses on it, Ricky. Well, oh, I would no, say the only thing I would say weaknesses is because I know a lot of people probably won't agree with the boiler room brawl. Nah, I've had an issue with that, to be honest. Right, quiz time? Yep. Before we start quizzing ourselves and doing some wrestling tests, let's talk about our testies and why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer, so you're talking like Randy Orton, The Rock, all those chaps and chapettes. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nicked free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Um, I can test, I can attest to that it was a very smooth experience I mean, a wee bit itchy now and, then, now and again mind you but that doesn't, that's usually the case in terms of actual sort of nicking accidents and blood and guts and all that shit manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past I can tell you this is a premium service and I mean premium because if you've got a lot of, a lot of bush down there, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can have a longer shave uh, the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Why you'd want to do that when it's all matted and stuff like that, I don't know. I think you need a, a dry pube, personally speaking. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Also, I can test, attest to that. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 revs per minute motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about that charging stand. Sleek, beautiful. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Although I have to say, America, your plug sockets with your two prongs. It's almost almost as bad as spelling colour without the U. So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand because I finally did experience it firsthand and it works a treat. And it also came to my rescue when my normal bay the lawnmower 3.0 to sort of tidy up my face I can confirm that I did tidy and clean 
and sanitise the lawnmower before using on my face. I don't have any sort of puberonavirus or anything like that. So make sure, trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping. If you go to manscaped.com and put in the, so, the suplex as the promo code, believe me, your balls and your chin and maybe some other people's chins will thank you. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So I've got as a wee quiz for this week, and it's going to be simple eight questions, and it revolves around each of the matches that I've picked for my pay per view. All right, mm-hmm. uh, Barry, what's your buzzer? <clears throat> um, it's it's me, it's me, it's B-A-Z And Ricky? I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool Okay, so hopefully you get these answers quickly Because my phone battery is looking pretty precarious right now So Oh, shit <laughs> No, I think I'm right What was the So the US title match at Hell in a Cell 2010 What was the main event of that night? New Hell in a Cell 2010. Let me just double check. Um, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Ricky? Was it not Kane and Taker? It was. Well done. That was a Hell in a Cell match as well. With I Paul Bearer was with Taker. I thought Paul, Paul Bearer. Bearer. I thought Paul Bearer died. I know he did in real life, but I thought he fucking. You were thinking about the cement thing. Oh, why? That was awful. That was. Was that done? That was six years before that. Aye. What a random main event that was as well. Ah, great. One of the worst. The whole pay per view actually, and I had it in DVD. I can't believe that. That's just been for a collector's item. Was that was a DVD called Great American Gash by any chance? <laughs> that was the one that Kenjo Suzuki guy was at as well. I quite enjoyed that fella, to be honest. Mordecai, Mordecai, and Hardcore Holly. <laughs> uh, that that feud started randomly because the first interaction they had, they were scrapping backstage, and that started that rivalry. That's right. Aye. Do you ever ever read that thing about Mordecai I sent you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because the the guy took it off the Facebook. Remember? Oh, did he? No, it was actually saying he was in the verge of a big push. Just, the character just never worked out. Was that Kevin Thorne guy? Mm-hmm. Aye, the vampire guy. He was in the ECW and then Right, question number two. How many times had Chris Jericho and Benoit fought against each other in any capacity on pay-per-view in 2000? <sighs> I mean, I, but I can't accept that. It's me, it's me, it's B-A-Z. As D. Five. Incorrect. Um, uh, I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. Ricky? Nine. <laughs> Fucking hell. No. You just want a clue? I, getting... <clears throat> I don't think I was far off. I think that's your clue. No. <laughs> Do you want a clue? Um, aye. One of them was a triple threat match. 
What was the year again? Uh, WrestleMania that year. Mm-hmm. So they fought in the Intercontinental European title. We angle on it. It was that. Yeah. Uh, so does that count as two matches then? No, that counts as one. Right. One. What year was it again? 2000. 2000. Just if you're, if you're Googling it. I'm assuming I was nowhere near it, so I spit in the face of people uh, nah, the pool. Okay. Six? Incorrect. Barry, the floor is yours. It's me, it's me, it's BAZ. Okay. Correct. We had WrestleMania, Backlash, Judgment Day, Submission Match, and a two out of three falls at SummerSlam. Well, See, I just assumed, actually. Yep, that was a very I good match. By your, I assume by the wording of your uh, uh, question, like they've probably had matches on like TV and stuff. Th- on on pay per view, I'd say in the oh, question. Oh, do you say pay per view? All right, okay. So right. you can. Hence why I said nine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, third question: What was the? You may have heard of this word before, Ricky. What was the pay per view? <laughs> Where Cena and AJ Styles first fought against each other. Ricky, Ricky's family's going to answer for us, I think. What was the first one they fought against each other? Aye, the first pay-per-view where they fought against each other. Um, I almost feel it's a trick question because I thought it was the one you actually had on your list. No. It's got sixteen. It's got and a one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a very good match. I'm trying. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Are you? <clears throat> oh, I'm afraid you're not going to get the question right then. <laughs> <laughs> ah, totally mind blank here. Um... Right, well, think of the time frame. That's what I'm trying to... Think of AJ's first year. Figure out. So he debuted in 2016, you know? Mm-hmm. At the Rumble. Then he fought Jericho at that mania. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Okay. Money in the bank. Correct. That was before some. Was that that was a pay per view before some? Oh, was it? No, uh, Battleground uh, was the one before it, where it was, was a, okay. a six man tag. So it was three. AJ in okay. the club versus Cena and Enzo and Cass. Oh, I can remember Enzo and Cass. Oh God, aye. Number four. What were the two other Hell in a Cell matches on the same night as Sasha and Bailey? So you just Sasha get. Charlotte, you mean? Who? Sorry. I oh god, imagine those two had a hell in a cell match later this year. That'd be fucking sensational. <laughs> imagine they had a cell match in the performance centre. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I think I know one of them buzzing in yet because it was obviously. Uh, <laughs> What year was it? Was it 2016? 
I know one as well. Well, I think I know one of the guys. I don't want to say it's no one. I don't know. Again, think of the time of year and what was going on. Uh, no, spin- that's what I always like. I spin the face up, he'll do. Ricky? Barry, is this the one you know, J.K.O.? No, it's not actually, no. Right, and no. the other one, Roman and Rusev. That was one of the guys I knew anyway. I'll, I'll give you one point. Make it a two-pointer, because you're not right about the other one, unless you misspoke. Well, Jericho and K.O.? No, it couldn't have been Jericho and Kale. If Roman and Rusev was one of them anyway. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Right. Who? It was Jericho. Barry, feel free to bother never here because this fella's making a scene of himself. I, thought, I just didn't think it was Jericho at all, actually. It's not because Jericho and Kale were together at that point. God, did. If you could see Ricky's face right now, people. Can I buzz back in? I've not said that yet, I saw. I spit in the face if we don't want it to be cool. Right. It couldn't have been Roman. <laughs> anyone, it couldn't have been... Anyone but Roman? Seth. Just Seth and a cell himself? <laughs> Seth and... Seth, oh, sorry, Seth and Keo. That's it, alright. I'll grudgingly give you the two points there. Thanks. Um, One of the best raw moments ever, KO winning the title. Oh, I definitely. Um, hey, shit, where's my phone? I'm going to watch that match tonight, actually, after I watch that Bray Wyatt promo again. <laughs> oh, no, no, again. <laughs> I said, I said, climb, I said, climb a photo of that on last Saturday, the promo on the TV, and I was watching it, and he goes, oh, is that a new promo he gave? And it's, the, it's the same one from three weeks ago yeah. that I just keep watching over and over again. Since I seen you... it for the first time. It was only <laughs> for like five minutes off. Oh, the full segment, the actual break promo lasts about 30 seconds. Uh, I watch it over and over again. I love it. Since, since you mentioned this last week or so, he has sent me two separate texts on two separate days telling me I'm going to watch that promo again. <laughs> <laughs> Choker. I know. An absolute <laughs> promo choker. Running him for what now? Missing his bus. Not even watching it in the training. Just the same. <laughs> oh, this boy and his pre promos. Honest to God. Right. Uh, you know how you, you know how you've got those Stephanie. <laughs> you know how you get the Stephanie video <laughs> on the laptop and it's her making that mad face and. <laughs> You've put the Triple H like posing on a laptop. Aye. In future, it should be like half a break cutting a promo and my face watching it. I'm going to try and do some Photoshop <laughs> with the model for that one. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Number five. Um, how many Raw tag titles did the bar win? So, specifically, Raw tag titles. Barry looks as if he's not actually intending to answer, he's just staring at me. I don't know if I out numbers because then it'll help towards the answer. <laughs> I think they've won six in total. And it was just a case of trying to figure out 
what's brand they were on longer or did more. Have I got any points yet? You've got two. I've not been paying attention at all in this quiz, clearly. Yeah, I was, was put in the face of people who don't want to be cool. What? Five. <laughs> Incorrect. Barry? Wait, it's BSE, four. Yes, four. And it was only one on SmackDown. So I think that's 4-3. The scores might be wrong, but it's 4-3, all right? Okay. Uh, next one. Sorry, I've... my phone's dying, guys. Why was The Undertaker so determined that him versus Edge main evented that mania that year? This is a, one of those behind-the-scenes ones. Why was Undertaker so determined to have him versus Edge main event WrestleMania the year they did? Because the streak was supposed to end. Nope. Oh, no, I've got it. Oh, I've got a clue. Yep. What happened in 2007? <laughs> he won the Rumble. Oh, well, that's true. I can't even get a point for it. Oh, he's got that bloody break on one again. <laughs> in order for us to move forward, we must first. You've not a break on one. Ricky. Yes. Uh, Barry, mm-hmm. you both got it wrong. So the question is, what happened at Mania 2007? Oh, well, what's that going to be there? Maybe. All right, okay. So it's me, it's me, it's B A Z. Barry. So you wanted the main event because you knew Rick Flair was a fan. No. I don't. I don't know. Ricky, I'll give you a shot. You. You need to repeat the question. I've lost all like track of what's happening here because I'm too busy. Aye, I know. Playing the break promo. Despite me saying my bat in my phone, why was the undetermined? <laughs> <laughs> why was the under? <laughs> I all oh, right. I have no idea. Like I can't even hazard a guess. Right. Okay. Right. It's because Undertaker and Batista was the better match the year before, and it didn't mean event. Ah, okay. Okay, son. <laughs> okay, son. <laughs> So I know. Get to your bed, son. Right, last question. Second last question. How did Triple H get around assaulting Austin in the build to this match when Vince said no touching in the build to it? But Triple H still atta- managed to attack Austin. How is that? Uh, I can remember. Uh... I can see your full hairs right now. Can you? Nah. No, I have no idea. This took place in a specific seg. Obviously, it took place in a specific segment in the lead up to it. I'll give you a clue. It happened during a contract signing. Oh, I don't remember oh, that at all. Fuck, I can remember. 
but I don't know what came out, but um, or how it came about, but it's something. Oh fuck! <laughs> I'm gonna guess anyway, but I don't think I'll get the full points for it. But it's, it's me, it's me, it's B A Z. Okay. Um, something to do with, you know, and I don't know something to do with the pen and blood. Anyway, <laughs> injected the, the pen with blood or something, or I mean, I. But why would they have I done that? Do that? I know, I know. Why did That's they... Insane, it? Right. If you want to pass, I'll tell you. Pass. Ricky? He disappeared again. Sorry. Do you want um, to pass? Barry said something about the pen. Mm-hmm. Repeat the question to me again. Vince McMahon was adamant that these two did not touch each other in the build to their three stages of hell match. How did Triple H get around that and assault Austin? Because he attacked them after they signed for the match. I need it to be a bit more specific. Well, Austin signs and Triple H signs it. Oh no! Aye, they both sign the contract signing, and Triple H attacks them from behind with either the pen or the clipboard or something. So how could Triple H get around that then? If it just signed a contract? Because he had, he had, he had this. Because it was only Austin that had signed it that so far. But Triple H, right? I'll give you a third of a point. Is that not right? Kind Triple of. Triple H hadn't, hadn't signed up for the match yet. He hadn't signed it fully. He'd put two H's. Then he attacked Austin. And then he put the last H. Or he put one H and then put the last two H's. Sorry, that, that was... Um, that was cat. That was awful radio for the listeners. <laughs> right. <laughs> That was terrible audio for the listeners. Right, last question. There was a triple threat tag team tables match. Triple threat tag team tables title match. My God, that's one, two, three, four, five, six T's in a row. Triple threat tag team title tables match on the night of No Way Out 2001. Who were the teams? That's a tongue twister. Spitting the face of people don't look cool. Okay. Dudley's. Edge and Christian. And BOD. Do you mean the. Barrels of Destruction? (laughs) 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 Oh dear, dear, dear. (laughs) Yes, it was. Edge and. Edge and Christian, Dudley's and Brothers of Destruction. So I don't know how much by, but Ricky, you won that tonight. <laughs> Do you know what? Well, the quiz was fine. <laughs> well, the quiz was fine. It just it descended into chaos. Aye. After that, that Bray promo. Bray farts. <laughs> <laughs> the lot. Yes, 
<laughs> so, this week we'll obviously give you more details. There's going to be busy with the tweets and Facebook posts tomorrow. So, ladies and gents, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show this week, be sure to check out the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Get In The Ring, and All Things Elite. Uh, make sure to give those the podcast a five-star review on the app of your choice, although I believe Apple are quite good with the good old-fashioned algorithms and all that stuff. If you want those podcasts sent directly to your email inbox, then head over to socialsuplex.com and click subscribe. You'll also get the columns that we do there as well. Speaking of columns, you can read my brand extension series over at wrestlingheadlines.com. usually drops every second Thursday. Um, with regards to other social media stuff, if you go into Facebook, check out the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, drop an invite or request to come into the group and chat along with us with the things all to do with wrestling and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter if you want to get us a t-shirt then go over to prowrestlingtees.net you can get a Ricky and Clive t-shirt and a few other social suplex ones you can also donate directly to the show give us some pocket money to keep the hardware and software going for the podcasts and do not forget to make the most of yours or your loved ones bollocks for 20% off by going over to manscaped.com and using the suplex promo code at checkout. There you are. So, check out the show notes on this podcast. We show notes at the bottom. All your hyperlinks are there for you and yours. Barry, do you want to give us your plugs for the night? What your details are? Yeah, but it's uh, Baz the 86 so if you get voting for Barry's greatest ever pay-per-view, and uh, we can out-trump the, the host and his co-host. Unfortunately, I won't be with next week, though, guys. I'm off on vacation. Then the old sunny Scarborough for a week, so I'll be gone Friday to Friday. Vacation. So, <laughs> for, uh, Happy holidays. It'd be a nightmare trying to get Wi-Fis and stuff down there. So it was a sort of spur at the moment, because we're supposed to be going to Cyprus, but obviously with this COVID, it's been cancelled, so Scarborough, here we come. The, <clears throat> the next couple of weeks after next week is going to be some NXT takeover chat as well, so... But we will get you back on in the fullness of time, yeah. And ask we'll you, you, hopefully, you bring back some. We're, we've, we've got we've got chess over the two NXT shows that we're doing. Are you going to tell them, or are we going? Uh, to... <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll leave it as a surprise. Okay. Oh, good. Well, um, that's us for this week, Ricky. Thanks for joining me. As always, I mean, it's, I'm, it is also my podcast, so thanks for joining me as well. <laughs> These are so funny tonight, gentlemen, so you are. <laughs> Barry, thanks for coming along and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks, but we'll obviously chat about our pay-per-view poll stuff as well. Yep. Right. Imagine, imagine we didn't actually speak to Barry until the next time he came on the podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that, actually. <laughs> That's, a block you know, I, to be honest, I'd rather you didn't speak to me, Ricky, because all you seem to text me is that bloody Bray promo. I'm going to watch it again. So I'm telling you, as soon as we go off the phone, I'm going to watch it again. I know, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, depending on when you've listened to this, hope you've enjoyed the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. Last week was some good stuff. I'm sure we'll get oh, more yeah. of the same. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Night, night. Speak to you next week. Ciao, adios. Goodbye. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.